And I felt that and I related that to the persecution of the LGBT community. And I said, if anybody could love and accept me, it's members of the church. Welcome to The Dismantle, creating community, not converts. Hello and welcome to Dismantle Podcast, a place for community, not converts. I'm your host, Joey. On this show, we attempt to dismantle an issue that poses as problematic for the church by having a discussion with a guest who has insight or experience with that subject. Now, we are not always going to agree, and that's okay, but we're not going to argue because our goal is to build bridges and not barriers. Our guest today is Dennis Schleicher. Dennis, welcome to the show. Joey, it's really great to be here, and I loved your intro. I I couldn't agree with you more. We need more love in the world, and we should stop contention. Because contention never wins. That's my heart and that's my goal. And I'm glad you're joining us to be a part of that. Um, And if our listeners are not familiar with you, Dennis, can you give a little bit about yourself and some of the work that you do? Yeah. So um, I am an openly gay uh, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in a time when so many people are leaving uh, the Church of Jesus Christ because they think that we don't love and accept all. But I was one of those that So let's back up, Joey. Uh, Back in 1989, I was a victim of a brutal gay bashing in my public high school. I was attacked by 15 students. And it was so brutal that it was, um, it just, I was, you know, punched, I was bleeding, I was, you know, uh, bleeding out of my mouth. and, And I it was really hard for me to recover from that. So I told the school administration that I was accused of being gay because I was on a soap opera and I did commercials. And I was told, well, if you would have dressed different, if you would have made out with women in the hallway, this wouldn't have happened. So that catapulted me in the international spotlight. I did seven national talk shows, including Larry King Live on CNN and Sally Jesse. The ratings were so high, they asked me to come back a second time. And I was pushed away from organized religion for many, many, many years because I have parents who are fundamentalist born again Christians, which I love. And I just could not, wow, I would hear, you know, God's going to strike you dead. You know, Jesus doesn't love you. And it's just was hard. So I, I felt that for years, God didn't love me. And I used to persecute members of the Church of Jesus Christ. I used to, uh, you know, slam the door in the missionary's face. I used to be really attentive. And I, this is literally the last church in the world. I almost started an LGBT protest with a thousand people at the dedication of the Connecticut Temple. So I reside in Connecticut and I travel the world as a spokesperson for the church. I speak poly for church. We have almost 17 million members and we do, I do devotionals all over the world. And I, I serve with mission presidents and um, area seventies and general authorities to help them better understand the LGBT community and how we can bridge that gap. It's fantastic. And, uh, and thanks for sharing that with us, which is a great setup to the topic that we want to discuss today on the show, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, or more commonly known, Mormons, which right off the bat, Dennis, I just want to ask, 
Is that the preferred term or is Mormons not preferred any longer? It's no longer. It's a great, you know, so I take a stance of you can never offend me because being an influencer on social media, I get asked a million questions and people often start, I hope I don't offend you. And I just say, there's nothing you can say that would offend me because God, you know, we're all children of God and there's some people that are naive or innocent. And so that's a great question, Joey, that you ask. So we, um, we are, we were known as the Mormons, but unfortunately there's a lot of breakaways and there's over 30 different breakaways. And so our living prophet that we have, we do have a living prophet, just like in the Bible. And we do have 12 apostles that are appointed and called to serve. And they were feeling through revelation that we need to. So when I was asked to write my book, is he nuts, which I know we're going to talk about later. Uh, why would a gay man become Mormon was supposed to be the title, but just before it went to print, the church announced that they want us to refer to God's name, his name, and say, we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I just got chills. So I know the Holy Ghost is present, Joey. And so it's, it's just, it stopped because I've seen so many miracles with that where I've been flying to Utah to do devotionals or people, or I'd be flying to California or the Pacific, and they would say, you know, what, what are you doing? And I'd say, well, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I had one guy say to me, I was praying that if I heard a church with his name, that I would look into that church. So I just was, was I, I have personal revelation that by referring to the long title rather than saying, oh, I'm just Mormon, you know, like, so, cause that could put us into, you know, a breakaway of like sister wives or polygamy. And that is not what members of the church are. That's against the commandments. It's against the law of chastity. And so there are so many breakaways that we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Which even having the name Jesus Christ, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, uh, especially in our very complex world today. But, uh, you know, Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints followers, you follow the teachings of Jesus, correct? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, um, I mean, that's that's actually the subtitle to the Book of Mormon. It's another testament of Jesus Christ. And so it's just it was um, written by well, it was written by seers and revelators in the 1800s. Uh, Joseph Smith um, was in Palmyra, New York, upstate New York, when he was visited. Um, he belonged to his father was Episcopalian and his mother was another denomination. They were, we we're all Christians. We are all Christians, but we, um, and he was praying and he went to it in the woods in his backyard. It's a place called the sacred grove. And he went and he prayed in the sacred grove and he was visited by two pillages. One was Heavenly Father and one was Jesus Christ. And they said, any of you lack wisdom, ask of God, James 1.5. So he did. And he was visited by God and, and, and Jesus Christ. And he said, um, and the adversary was after him before this. Like he was feeling like he was, there was darkness when he was walking to pray. And the adversary was really coming after him. And he could feel all these horrible angels and, 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 and 
and Satan like objects that were trying to attack him as he was, you know, receiving about to receive this revelation from, from God. And that's, that, that is, so it's, it's basically like, you know, we have another book called the Pearl of Great Price and it contains some lost chapters or translations of Matthew. And so one of the things that I like when reading the Book of Mormon is at the bottom of every, um, like when you read, let's say Alma chapter 32, verse two, you can look at the footer notes and it will say also refer to King, Jan you know, um, Matthew 542 or Matthew six, chapter six, verse six, and it will give you different correlations of Bible verses to relate and ponder. That's very interesting because at least in the framework that I grew up in, a heavy emphasis was put on the Bible being the only revelation. Now, to be clear, the Bible meant what we canonically publish today, Genesis through Revelation. It didn't include extra books of the Talmud or lost books like the Gospel of Thomas. So if I understand you correctly, you're saying there's been new revelation? Yes. Well, so let me, I'm not a scriptorian and I'm not, you know, I'm only three and a half years baptized into the church. So I'm not, I'm still learning the verbiage, if you may. And I mean, not only do we have to know the Holy Bible inside and out, but we also have to know the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, which is basically the, um, the history of the church. And we have to know the Pearl of Great Price. So there's a lot of things that I still haven't, because I was pushed away from organized religion for many, many years, I'm not that scriptorian person that can rattle off scripture. Uh, there are many teachings, there are many people that have tried to debunk the Book of Mormon and they just can't. They, they, you know, people will dive into it saying, I'm gonna dive into this to tear it apart. Religious professors, you know, um, scholars, and they cannot rebuke the, uh, the other testament of Jesus Christ. So it's not that it's, 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 so in the Bible, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, have been, you know, even translated over the years, which is why we use the King James version, because it's the oldest Bible where it's, there's other Bibles that are, that are written, which I still read that, you know, ha things have been translated and changed. And when Joseph Smith was translating the Bible, he only had a third grade education. And there's things that he was translating that he did not, his wife can testify, he did not know how to spell, read, or write. And he was really adamant that you were to use this word, not that word, the difference between the and a, you know, or something. It was like, he was just really adamant that um and the entire book was translated in in less than 40 days and that is just um uh it, it just gives me chills to know that and and i do know that it's a now i know you probably have listeners that are i receive a lot of hate mail i receive a lot of people saying that you know it's a, it's science fiction or you belong to an occult or this and and i just say why can't we just love each other and, and agree to disagree and i support your religion and and you can just we're all eternal brothers and sisters we just need to love one another now 
exactly what you just mentioned. As evangelicals, there's a large spectrum of how faith is lived out. Uh, and, and some of that living out of our faith is abstaining from certain things. Uh, some Christians feel that alcohol is to not necessarily be messed with certain foods. I get Leviticus 19 uh, sent to me often based on my tattoos. Yeah. Uh, you know, what yeah. are some of the restrictions that the Latter-day Saints adhere to? Well, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call we call it um, words of wisdom. And a perfect example of that is it was revelation that Joseph Smith had was when he was going to administer sacrament, he ended up uh, saying to his wife that he was going to um, go and get some wine to celebrate because she was just confirmed into the church. And so uh, when he went to go to the barn to get wine, he was visited by an angel and the angel said, no, no wine, no wine. It's you're to use water. And he later realized that that you know alcohol through revelation re, uh, removes us from the holy ghost and that we don't receive the revelation that we need from the holy ghost and the the, the spirit so it's something that um so the word of wisdom yes we don't drink you know we we can drink coke we can drink tea we just stay away from um you know, green tea and black tea. I don't know why. And we don't drink coffee, but we can have caffeine. So it's, but see, that's, people say to me that you don't drink alcohol, you're no fun. So I don't get invited to parties anymore. And I say, no, I choose not to drink alcohol. It's not that I can't, I choose because we all have agency and we have agency to choose to go right, choose to go left. Or in my case, I choose to be better to head towards God, to head up to God as we meet our maker. And so as far as, so as far as smoking is concerned, um, back in, this is one of my major revelations was Joseph Smith received revelation that smoking would kill you in the early 1800s. And this is before, you know, World War One, World War II, our government used to hand out carton cigarettes and say, smoke this, it's going to calm your nerves. And I think of Lucille Ball, the I Love Lucy show, which I love watching those repeats. It's, you know, there's ashtrays in every room. There's, um, they're always smoking and supporting Lucky or whatever brand they were promoting. And it was like a commercial within the show for, you know, advocating cigarettes. And just the fact that Joseph Smith knew this before, to me, is when it was okay to smoke, is, is a major, major uh, telling point for myself. Now, you know, before we go any further, you didn't grow up within the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Can you tell us a little bit about the story of why you chose to become a member? Yes. So I chose, um, well... It started when I stole the Book of Mormon because I was invited to go to Palmyra, New York. And I was in this really, I thought everything in my life was great. I was driving a Mercedes. I was, you know, making the six figure income. I owned a huge home and I thought everything was great. And it wasn't, I was missing something in my life. And I was so judgmental of our church that I, Literally seven months before I was baptized, I almost started a protest at the dedication of the Connecticut Temple. And it, um, so I was in Lehigh, 
Utah for a business trip. And I was invited to go to Palmyra and I'm like, by these young guys. And I was like, what are these freaky deaky Mormons into? Um, and so I stole the Book of Mormon out of so much anger. And I was like going, I'm not going to pay for this racist, sexist, homophobic book. Not realizing that the Marriott's the largest distributor of the Book of Mormon in the world. <laughs> so, and that we give it away for free. And we don't even give the Book of Mormon away for free. We give away the King James Version, Bible, if you want, you know, scripture study, if you want to take Bible study. We give it all away for free. I did not know that. And so, but I was thinking like, goodness, you know, this is a 28 year old and his wife that are newlyweds inviting me to go to Palmyra, New York. I'm in my forties and I'm going, they're nuts. I don't want to go to Palmyra. What are these people into? And I was praying to God as I was driving to Palmyra, really generically. I mean, I was, I used to talk like a gay truck driver, I guess. I used to use the Lord's name in vain a lot. And now I go, oh my gosh, or holy stars or holy cow. You know, like it's just where before that wasn't the case. And I did it so to the point that I didn't even notice it. But when I was in Palmyra and I was visiting Joseph Smith's childhood home, it was 97 degrees outside and 99% humidity. And I almost couldn't enter. I had goosebumps. And the sister missionary serving from the Philippines looked to my friends and said, does he realize where he is? And they said, no, he's so confused. He doesn't know the difference between this and that. And, and I felt all the persecution. I felt, I said, whose baby was killed? And, and they were freezing and people, mobs from other religions would come and take them out of their homes and drag them out of their bed and persecute them and tar and feather them. And he lost a baby, froze to death as his wife was holding the baby saying, please stop hurting my husband. And I felt that and I related that to the persecution of the LGBT community. And I said, if anybody could love and accept me, it's members of the church. And that was my turning point. And I have, when I walked through the doors of the church, I was a walk-in. Satan did not want me to come because uh, the uh, owners of the network marketing company that I worked for and I was a leader for as a network marketer said um, they tried to call on LDS tools that we have um, um, or come onto Christ.org. We have phone numbers where you can re re refer people to the missionaries or to the bishop. Of the, of the ward, we call them wards, not churches, or like the steak center. It's considered it's like steak in the ground, not where you can go and get a steak dinner, which I thought, you know, like, oh, they serve steak there, that's great. Um, but no, it's like a steak in the ground. And so those are like, the, the Catholic has the diocese and the different branches, you know, of like the Hartford steak or the Connecticut steak. So we, um, Satan, disconnected the phone numbers they the owners were calling and it was like a pizza parlor or it was a gas station or it was a number that was disconnected for the bishop or for the missionaries or for the church and so they couldn't inform the sister missionaries that they had a walk-in and the sister missionaries were actually prayed for a walk-in the night before and that never happens in our church even though the sign says visitors welcomed i never saw that i just saw this homophobic and racist church. And I couldn't be further from the truth. We actually allowed blacks in the priesthood 
in the 1800s. And the reason why we stopped was because the government and the persecution we were receiving. But Joseph Smith received revelation that everybody should be welcomed unto God and unto Christ. And it was, um, we had a lot of African-Americans and that were sitting in the pews next to to Caucasian people. And then it was the government. So the, the members of the church were persecuted so badly that they had to leave the country. And Joseph Smith received revelation that they had to move to Mexico, which was Utah at the time. And that's why so many members are based in, in, in Utah. Dennis, what's the difference between an LDS building and an LDS temple? Can you explain that for us? Yes. Well, so I never entered. So I was a church hopper before I joined this church. And I would go and I would sit quietly in the back. And I was Catholic one week, Episcopalian the next. You know, the only churches I never attended were churches that didn't believe in Jesus. But the reason why I never attended a a uh, an LDS church was because I thought you had to be baptized to enter. Well, so the, the LD, the, the, the church of Jesus Christ temples, there's almost 200 around the world. We're just constructing another one in India and they're, they're everywhere. They're in Hong Kong. They're in Australia. They're in Sweden, Switzerland, you name it. Um, Russia is getting one. It's just, it's, they're, they're everywhere. So the temples, you do have to be temple worthy to enter. And I am a full temple recommend holder. So when you are baptized, you're given a limited temple recommend. And that allows us to perform. So I lost my younger brother to a drug overdose in 2004. And he was one of my revelations too. Um, he said to me, Dennis, if, if God um, went well, let me back up. When, when my parents had his funeral, uh, they knew the band Mercy Me at their church, and they came and sang the song, I Can Only Imagine. And that was always the song for myself and my brother. So whenever I needed my brother, whatever reason that song would just come on. And when I was driving to Palmyra, New York, praying to God to blow all four tires and blow my engine, I don't care, just stop me from going to Palmyra, I lost iTunes um, connection because I was in the middle of nowhere and I had no cell service. So I said, let's just do the old fashioned radio. And when I did the old fashioned radio, um, the first song to come on was I can only imagine. And it was through a Christian station and I started bawling and I felt heavenly father, the Holy ghost, Jesus Christ. I felt everybody, the whole Bible was in my car. It's like all the apostles. It was just special. And I knew that, um, I knew there was something like, and I could feel my brother saying, Dennis, I need you to do this to bring me say to bring me closure. And what he was later talking about was when I received my limited temple recommend, I was allowed to enter the temple, which is called the house of the Lord. And there are temples in the Bible, just like um, Jesus used to preach at is that, um, and we've actually been praised by the Catholics uh, when we opened the Rome temple two years ago and dedicated it, uh, the, the Pope meets regular with our prophet and vice versa. 
because we align ourselves with churches that have a lot of resources so that if we need to help, because we have missionaries that serve, we have um, almost 70,000 missionaries serving all over the world. So if there's a natural disaster, like the hurricane that um, took out Houston, uh, we were the first on the ground before Red Cross, but we don't publicize it. And we have, um, we have th something called Deseret, Deseret um, Labels, which is, or, which is our own food and we, you know, have uh, what they call bishop stores, grocery stores where people can go and get, you know, $700 to $1,000 worth of groceries, uh, fresh meats, uh, fresh produce. There's even a butcher, milk, uh, powdered milk, fresh milk, deodorant, whatever you need. Can And you don't even have to be a member. You just have to, um, if you go to the bishopric store and say, I need food, they just have to call the bishop in your area to get approval. And then you can get a month's worth of groceries. So there's a lot of things that we do that we don't publicize because we want to make it more about how can I help you, Joey? What can I do for you? We don't want to make it about look at me type of thing. So to go back to answering your question about the temples is I was able to perform my younger brother's ordinance, his proxy baptism and confirmation. And he has the agency to choose that on the other side. And I, um, I, can, I felt that he accepted it. And I later I received um, what's called first presidential approval to have my endowment early, which is blessings in the Bible. And it's a living endowment that I went through and you're supposed to wait a year, but my stake president felt that it was imperative that I go through and get the protection because of all the missionary work I do. And I didn't know what first presidential approval was. And when he sent, he said, no, no problem. I just have to send a letter to Utah and tell them your story. And it went to the first presidency, which is the prophet and his two counselors underneath him. And they read that I'm a gay convert and they pray and fast. And I was the first person to receive first presidential approval. 11 people were denied before me. And so that tells me my stake president will text me and say, you know, just want to remind you, spirits telling me God knows you by name. Our first presidency knows you by name. And that is powerful. Now, Dennis, the church as a whole is all over the place when processing the LGBTQIA discussion. How does the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints approach this conversation, someone like yourself who identifies as gay? Yes. So we have made tremendous amounts of strides. Policy and procedure uh, can change. Doctrine cannot. So when you're... Um, you know, looking for uh, a marriage, for example, uh, that is doctrine. It's set in stone that man should not be with man. So I am like a priest or a nun. I gave up um, a life of celibacy and I follow the same law of chastity that my fellow brothers and sisters follow that are single. So there's nothing that's, you know, in that. But as far as they've made a tremendous amount because when I was asked what called Izzy Nuts, uh, that's because the general authority had said to me, what do your gay friends tell you when you wrote, when you joined the church? 
at the time we used the word Mormon, but we don't anymore. And I said, are you nuts? They're going to have you married off to him in no time. And he looked at me and he said, son, that's what I want your next book to be about is, is he nuts? Why would a gay man um, join the church of Jesus Christ? And I looked at him and I said, you're nuts. I didn't join the church to write a book. And he knew through a blessing that he gave me, a blessing that he gave me before that I had a larger calling. And he knew that he couldn't share it with me because he knew I would run away. And the people that uh, flew out from Utah to baptize me knew that I had a larger calling and they couldn't share it. And it's just something that um, if you would have told me I would have been the number one sought after LDS speaker or BYU presenter, I would have said you're nuts and I wouldn't have joined the church. So I just can say that. So when the church asked me to write my book before I ignored it, I ignored it. And my best friend now at the time wrote the forward, Al Carraway. She wrote more than the Tattooed Mormon. And she has 250,000 on Instagram. And I discriminated against her. I said, I don't want to read about some tattooed woman. I don't have tattoos. I don't, I don't even like needles. And I um, was like so adamant. And it took me nine months to read her book. And when I read her book, I'm going, I was listening to the all version and I was going, holy cows, um, there must be an LDS pupper. And now there's seven church owned publishing houses. Uh, so, cause we own Deseret, we own Siegel, we own, uh, they own uh, Cedar Fort Publishing and Media. And these are large publishers. And so the chones them and I'm going, because I didn't want the book to be picked up like Simon Schuster or the, and then have it be sensationalized because once you sell a book, it, it can be changed to the publisher's needs. So I figured it had to be done within the church. And I, so now I joke with, with Al, when we do devotionals together, I'm like, they're like, you discriminated against me. And I'm like, yes, I'm so sorry. And Joey, I know you have tattoos and that just taught me a major lesson. Never judge a book by its cover. If you don't understand what it's like to, like, so if I don't understand what it's like to have tattoos, Joey, I should say to you, Joey, I got to ask you something. I don't understand what it's like to have tattoos. Can you explain to me what, the, what it's like? And I'll listen. And through listening, we become more like Christ. And that's how we learn. So good. And, and Dennis, I've really enjoyed our conversation. As we bring it to a close, what is something that we all could do? The big C church uh, of John 17 that Jesus prays for uh, to become more unified. There are f uh, factions in our lives. There's factions in our nation. Uh, but, you know, how does the church come together and move in a better direction in unity? On the back of my book, it says, no matter your religion, faith, background, sexual orientation or race, I challenge you to choose love. And it's something that um, I, I think that we need to give it time because it's not like when you have um, things that are happening in the world, like let's look at the women's movement. You get people on the inside and people on the outside. When you have um, evolutions or different things that happen, it takes like when Martin Luther King you know, you had people on the inside and you had people on the outside. You had people that were in the White House that were uh, that were black, that were serving, you know, and the presidents were saying to them, hey, what is it like out there? 
and they would talk. And I know that presidents had empathy with the people that they were, um, you know, were talking to. And I think that in order for things to to evolve, we need to open up this discussion. And that's why I felt prompted to do your podcast. It's because I, the Holy Ghost said, I like your questions. These are all questions I asked before, um, or that I, I assumed I knew, or I became a Googleologist. And I didn't know how to take it to, uh, you know, now when I Google something, I Google, um, you know, what I want to know about the church, and then I do comma LDS. So I'm taken to an official church website. So I don't go to any of these breakaways or any of these, you know, um, these YouTube videos. So the missionaries are taught when they give up two years of their life to serve, they go to missionary training center, it's MTC. And that's in, they're all over the world, but the main one's in Provo. And they learn to speak a whole different some of them are at, called by God because the first presidency chooses through prayer and prophecy where they're going to serve. And they serve and they're told that they have to learn Mandarin Chinese. And they're like, what? And you only have six weeks to learn it and learn how to preach my gospel. And so they have to learn a whole new language sometimes or ASL, American Sign Language. And they're called to serve because nobody in our church is paid. If you're called to a bishop, it's a calling. My calling, my first calling was word missionary. And I looked at God and I said, God, why me? When I should have been saying, God, what do I need to learn from this? Heavenly Father knew I never served a mission. I didn't know what pass along cards were, zone meetings, district meetings, mission presidents, any of that stuff. Now, I've, I, through this calling, it's made me a stronger person. It's made me study scripture more. It's not only reading scripture, but it's pondering scripture. And it's made me immersing. I mean, I feel the latter days are sooner than later. And when it comes to all this pandemic stuff we have going on and stuff, it's like, I just feel that we are being prepared for the second coming. And that we are, that we have to trust so that when we're given a calling, and, you know, then I was given a calling to the award mission leader. And now I'm, um, I have another calling that I serve with missionaries all over the world, set apart by a general authority. And I also serve in the elders quorum presidency, uh, which is the men's meeting we have in church. And so I was, I don't get paid for that. That is all volunteer. It's everything in our church is volunteer because it's just something that, it's a calling by God. And when everyone does their calling, whether you're called to be a Sunday school teacher or a primary teacher to teach the youth or, you know, gospel library or, or anything, or family history, because we're really big into family history. Um, you know, and we, you can sign up on familysearch.org and get a free account like Ancestry and, and find your genealogy. And it's all free. You, you don't have to pay for it. Dennis, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time and sharing with us on this show. I've really learned a lot. If people wanted to connect with you online, how could they do that? They can go to Dennis Schleicher, uh, D-E-N-N-I-S-S-C-H-L-E-I-C-H-E-R. 
dennisasfi.net or you can find me on Instagram. Usually if you just type in Dennis S, I come up. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, I'm, uh, so it's, yeah, Den Schleicher at, on Instagram. And that's where I, that's where I spend the bulk of my time. I, I kind of stayed away from Facebook because that kind of represents my past. And everyone on Instagram, I wasn't on Instagram until after I joined the church. And so that's my primary focus. That's great. We'll make sure we throw it all in the show notes. But again, thank you for being on the show. Hey, thank you, Joey. It's uh, God bless. And that wraps up this episode of The Dismantle. Until next time, don't complain about the things you're not willing to change. <laughs>